you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. With me, Kevin Madison, coach, electric problems, man, slide out. Folks, would you pray with us? Would you join us? We're we're in the process of raising up some money to cover this. Cover this. We think there's around seventeen grand going to take to make this home on wheels, to make his ranch on wheels, continue to ride down the road while the rest of us pay mortgages and insurances and all that. And uh, we get hit sometimes with a $1,000 bill or this bill. This is Kevin's house. This is his mortgage. This is his life. This is his front yard. This is his living room, his kitchen. Pray about that. We know this is big but we serve a big God, Kevin. Mm. Yes, sir. Amen. He is big. And, you know, I'm living in a 350 square foot house, tiny, tiny home, they would call it, but it's still, uh, it's, it's just, it's just perfect way to do God's will because you got to be boots on the ground when you're out here helping people that are messed up and then helping not only individuals, meeting individuals, but also going and starting these chapters. So you're, you're going into a community and like the apostle Paul, you're meeting with the people that, you know, it says Paul met daily with them that, you know, in the marketplace daily with them that met with him. So, you know, we're doing this and we're reaching out to the community. I'm just excited. And, you know, if God keeps, if God can keep me mobile and keep this thing going, that would be wonderful. Yeah. Pray for that, folks. Pray with that. So today we want to talk about, uh, well, before we do that, we want to come up with this hard, the top 100 Bible questions here. And uh, so where, and uh, so again, as we look through, um, uh, okay, let's go with this question before. So which two birds by type did Noah send out of the ark as messengers? What were their types? What were the type of birds? The dove and the raven. There we go, folks. The dove and the raven. So a pigeon and a raven. And uh, those are the ones he sent up. So we're banging out 100%. There's things going on. There's life is going on. We're talking today about divine sovereignty. And that that idea of uh, sovereignty being sovereign is having supreme power or authority. There's no higher power. And we know there's no higher power than that of God. God has divine sovereignty. He takes sovereignty to a different level. He adds that word divine to it. And that word divine has such a good thing. It's from God. It's like God. It's it's divine powers. It's excellent. It's delightful. It's righteous. It's just. It's all those good things. So not only is he altogether sovereign, he's altogether divine. He's altogether honest. He's altogether just. He's altogether true. He's a, We serve a God who's great, and we need to know that when we're having these days when, when our PTSD seems like... Uh, C-R-A-Z-Y, and life is upside down, and things aren't making sense, and uh, we're, you know, our 
Uh, we're hypervigilant. We're wound up tighter than a 10-day clock. Life is sideways. Boy, where do you go? You go to the one that provides divine sovereignty, and that is our God. And uh, I think we see over in Chronicles, in First Chronicles 29, 11, and 12, thine, O Lord, is greatness and power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in heaven and all that is earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom, O Lord, and thou art exalted as head above it all. Both riches and honor come to thee, both riches, riches like being rich, and honor come to thee, and thou reignest over all. And in thine hand is power and might, and in thy hand is to make great and to give strength unto all. And Kevin, we serve a divine God. We serve a sovereign God, an all-powerful, just, honest, great, caring, loving. He loved us so much. He sent it his son to die for us, but he is sovereign. Yeah. Sovereign is, you know, the definition in my mind, and I didn't even look it up, but the definition would be totally in charge. He's never stepping away and giving charge to someone else. Nothing happens. Nothing takes him by surprise. Nothing ever occurred to God. And so, you know, the saying is, did it ever occur to you that nothing ever occurred to God? So God's not wringing his hand in any situation. And if we totally wreck it and we forfeit things, God is still in charge and able to take what's left. You, and I love, I just preached on this not long ago, Jeremiah 18, the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hands of the potters. So he made it again, another vessel as seemed good to the potter to make it. So sovereignty is not God selecting people for destruction. God is taking and willing to uh, anything that will be in his hand, anything that is, as it were, anything that he can use to glorify himself, he will. And I, I look at it this way. A master craftsman can take a tool and in his hand, that tool can be a vessel unto honor. But if the tool absolutely does not want to yield to his hand, he will still use it. And for instance, Pharaoh, Romans chapter nine, um, he will use it, but it'll be a throwaway tool. It'll be a, a disposable tool. Pharaoh did not spend eternity, as far as I can tell, with God. Pharaoh's not going to be in heaven, unfortunately, because his heart was hardened. But when he hardened it, God also hardened it so that he made sure that his purpose would be accomplished. And so once the decision is made, as it were, by, by, uh, by man, God, who foreknew the decision, will set in motion the wheels to, to allow his will to be accomplished. So God is never going to be on the sidelines saying, I have no idea how we're going to get through this. God's, God's got it figured out. God's got it all figured out, and God is great, and we're not, praise God. And, and uh, just knowing that we serve a divine God, a loving God, a, a God who puts uh, – us in a position to be saved, a God who puts us in a position to serve all eternity with him, a God who puts us in a position to give us the Holy Spirit to help us do the things we got to do. I'm glad we serve that God, Kevin. I'm glad we serve that all-powerful, that all-great, omnipotent God, and he's an all-knowing God as well. And, you know, we're looking at John and so many other things. We're, we're looking at the book of John as we look at Christ's life, and uh, we find ourselves starting in verse 53 today through 57. And uh, the Bible says, then 
from that day, they took counsel together for to put him to death. Jesus, therefore, walked no more openly among the Jews, but went thence unto a country near the wilderness in a city called Ephraim, and there continued with his disciples. And the Jews' Passover was nigh at hand, and many went out to the country up to Jerusalem before the Passover to purify themselves. Then sought they for Jesus and spake among themselves as they stood in the temple, What think ye? that he will not come to the feast. Now both the chief priests and the Pharisees had given commandment that if any man knew where he were, he should show it that they might take him. So there's a plot going on. We're looking at this plot to kill Christ, the religious authorities that are putting out word at the Passover, this holy time, this great time. There's time where we're supposed to put away our pettiness, this time when it's supposed to be about God, this time where we look back at what God has done in our life. I'm, I'm glad we serve a Savior today where we look forward and what God's going to do. We do look back and thank him for saving us, but we look forward and God is always working he's always moving forward and 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 they've got a plot to kill christ out of everybody you're going to kill let's kill christ it's always the good and and of course christ he withdraws from the public his ministry goes more about the disciples and in small towns and in different cities and and uh, so you know that people are coming to jerusalem to purify themselves to get out there to to give their sin there's tension going on around crisis all these crazy things and and uh, i can't help but think in my mind uh, how many times have we felt um that our lord our Lord is in us, that we've sought him, as we said a couple days ago, that we trust in his divine sovereignty, as we talked about today, that we move forward. But how many times have we uh, misrepresented our relationship with God? How many times have we stopped and said, boy, I wish, uh, uh, I wish I didn't have to tell these people I was a Christian. I wish I didn't have to do these things. And, and uh, so remember what Passover does. It commemorates the exodus in the Hebrew diet, you know, getting away from those things, the plagues and uh, the Passover lamb and the Exodus. And then all of a sudden we got the unleavened bread and the cedar meal, and it's a whole week of Passover. And today they still observe that today, but there's this observant, it's a Passover where we're celebrating kindness and a loving God and all those great things. And in the midst of that, Kevin, they're finding hatred. In the midst of that, they're looking for Christ. In the midst of that, they're coming up with a plot to kill Christ. In the midst of that, the chief priest and the Pharisees are running around in little back corners whispering, if you see the Christ, let us know we want to arrest them. These are the same people that say, we don't do these things on a holy day. We don't heal people when it's holy. We don't work on the Sabbath. We don't do all well, the Passover is even a higher day than that and these people have changed their mind let's find christ let's kill christ let's do the things we got to do and and folks it's so significant to understand that people will change but god never will hang with us one second we'll be right back with you doug will return shortly meanwhile you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements
You know, over and over again, we're reminded that, you know, often, often the truth is met with resistance and hostility. Often, as we serve God, Kevin, as we do these things, it's often met with the, the devil's people in opposition and hostility, trying to hurt people, and, and we just move along. Yes, sir. The opposition many times swirls like a building storm, doesn't it? Where there's, there's, uh, you know, I call this the perfect storm. So all through Jesus' ministry, if you remember, it started from John the Baptist baptizing people. And the Pharisees came to be baptized. And John the Baptist said, what are you guys doing here, you snakes, you vipers? And and so they always kind of laid low. The popularity of Jesus was always so big that he was uh, kind of protected by the the masses. But as this thing went on, they began to look for opportunity. We saw a couple chapters ago to uh, to take him. And now when he raised Jesus from the dead and this and some of these disloyal people, disloyal to Jesus, went to him, they sensed that this was opportunity. So opportunity to actually kill him and put Lazarus to death. They, I mean, they were by this time, it had reached critical mass, you know, using the, using the terminology of a nuclear device. (laughs) So, so when you've got uranium or plutonium and it's, it's, it's being blasted by this, you know, conventional charge within this containment and, 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 and so the atoms get smashed it, the mass of an already super heavy, element um, goes to critical mass. And when it's critical, the the atoms themselves can no longer contain themselves. And uh, it explodes in a violent and violent reaction, a nuclear reaction, an atomic reaction. And that's what took place here. It had just reached critical mass. And Doug, I'm thinking about times when in people's lives, in my life, there was a perfect storm swirling and it reached critical mass. It just, it's built to the point where I I couldn't do anything about it. It's like, I cannot stop this. I remember getting fired from a job and it just, I was trying my best to keep the job and it just, I, it, it just, it was a sales job and they wanted someone else. And, and anyway, I was pastoring and it was not, that was the only job I was ever fired from, but it was, it was traumatic to me. But looking back, a sovereign God used that to get me from that place to a different place, a much better place. But I remember that feeling of this is awful. I'm doing everything I can do to try to keep this thing. And it's just swirling and getting worse and worse until some voices from the peanut gallery that before had been silent came and said, yeah, I think we need to try to get a different guy. And that feeling of, oh, no, there's I mean, it's it's a, it's in a runaway situation. It's the train has lost its brakes. It's on the side of a mountain. Nothing I can do. It will crash when it hits the bottom. People will die. That's what trauma is sometimes, many times. And I can think of times when that happened relationship-wise where there was just a perfect, the, the quote, perfect storm of Satan was brewing and it was building and building and you're just trying to do what's right, do what's right. And then finally it reached as it were, critical mass and exploded and and there was nothing left. And you're saying, God, I'm so sorry this got to this point. God's like, don't, you know, don't be sorry. I got you. I specialize in perfect storms. I specialize in critical masses that have already exploded. Let's go in and let's rebuild 
Hiroshima. You know, let's rebuild Nagasaki. Let's just, you know, this had to happen. I'm still in charge. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And and I go back to the historical significance of the Passover and everything the Pharisees are doing, remembering this Jewish people. Kevin, you say it. Things are reaching this critical mass, but the Passover, they, you know, we're going to make this a holiday. This is going to be real. We were, you know, we were wandering around for 40 years just wanting to be separate, wanting to look forward to our Savior coming, wanting to make sure everything's all right. And God helped us do that, providing these plagues, and he saved us from the you know, the final plague and, and giving us the perfect lamb, the Passover lamb, and how they're missing uh, that here is the perfect lamb, the clean lamb, the, the last lamb that will ever be needed. They're not even looking for the Christ. And that's what they're celebrating. They're celebrating the Passover lamb. They're celebrating getting away from wandering around in the woods. They're celebrating getting away from the Egyptians. They're celebrating the 10 plagues and how the Lord protected them and how they smeared the blood over the doorways and how they as a people were protected uh, by their loving God and along the way they're they're missing it they're missing God they're uh, you know they're so far from that they're missing you know his divine sovereignty they're missing they're plotting against God they're looking to do things against God because they had become a religion they were they were no longer a relationship with a great God they were no longer looking for that savior they had got to the point where it was about rituals it was nothing real Real, where it was about temples and who had the best one, where it was about rabbis and who was the best speaker, and God helped them. They're opposing the truth. They're, uh, you know, they're they're more worried about Christ than they are celebrating the God uh, that got them through the plagues, that got them away from Egypt, that helped them to get through. They're they're forgetting to celebrate God, and they're actually looking to kill God. They're looking to get Him. And there's so many times in our lives that if we look at things, we forget to celebrate what God's done. In in our lives. We forget to celebrate what God is doing in our lives. We forget to look forward and say, there's a Savior in here. There's a Holy Spirit of God in my heart. There's there's a time where I pass over to the other side. There's a time of celebration. I'm under the protection of this divine sovereignty. I My value is based on this Savior who died for me, but yet, folks, we have that sin nature. And just like the Pharisees, if we're not careful, we forget to celebrate God. We start looking at who has the best church, who has the best singers. We remember the church at Corinth and all the trouble they were in for doing all the goofy stuff. And we've got an opportunity as people to say, you know, this day, this year, my life, my family, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're, we're not going to get off track. We're not going to uh, chase after these different things. We're going to chase after God. We're going to seek him, as we talked about yesterday. We're going to put him first. He's going to be first in our lives. And when our days don't go good, we got a savior that holds us straight on the road. And when the days go so good that we get arrogant, we got a savior who can straighten us out. And when the world seems upside down, God can stand us up and brush us off. And my fear, Kevin, is that we as a people will get pharisaical, that we as a people will look for the big temple, that we as a people will want the best speaking rabbis, that we as a people will have the faith police that come along and squash everything that they don't feel is right. I'm afraid of that. Yeah. The faith police that squash everything. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that is, yeah, there's something there. You know, I was just thinking you, you, you were talking about the Passover and it's no 
accident that the enemy, the Pharisees, the, the ones in charge of the religion, came during a religious feast and decided it's time to put Jesus to death. And we know he died on the Passover, but our uh, our text here is showing us that that they got the most evil that they got around the time of celebration of the common people. And that's the way the enemy does it in the news. Uh, the time that we're recording this, we're just less than a week away from where people, evil people went into a concert of, of celebration in Israel and slaughtered people and did unspeakable acts. Many, many, many people dead, babies dead. And, and I looked up the scripture because this is what Satan does. This, I mean, he hits the hardest that he can during the time that we're trying to rejoice in our God. Psalm 35, 12 says, they rewarded me evil for good to the spoiling of my soul and <clears throat> evil for good to the spoiling of my soul. So that's traumatic. It's talking about trauma you know, and it spoiled the soul. That's another word for PTSD, you know, my soul's been spoiled, my 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 spirit's been wounded, and and you know, we should never ten a, seconds, Kevin. Yeah, yeah, we should never underestimate Satan, but we should never underestimate God's ability to come through. Amen. That's good. That's better than God is good. We're not. Praise God. What a way to close. We love you, folks. Hey, hey, listen. Hang in there, friends. We'll be back tomorrow. We want to keep on going and look at the value of service. We serve a great God. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, Understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.